The CIS critical security controls provide a prioritized path to improve an enterprise's cybersecurity posture. Version 8 includes some exciting updates to keep up with the ever-changing cyber ecosystem. The CIS controls are now task-focused and combined by activities rather than by who manages the devices, decreasing the number of CIS controls from 20 to 18. The 18 controls contain 153 safeguards, which you formerly knew as subcontrols. Safeguards are still prioritized into implementation groups, or IGs, with IG1 defining essential cyber hygiene. The updated CIS controls point to existing standards and recommendations, along with V8, supporting information, products, and services are updated and available to help you with implementation. Learn more about CIS Controls version 8 by visiting cisecurity.org slash controls. Podcast with your host, Chris Glandon, serving cybersecurity straight up with no chaser. Let's hit the bar and grab a drink. Excuse me, what do you mean you don't serve strawberry seltzers? Ma'am, ma'am, calm down. Ma'am, our distributor only delivers quality shit here, all right? I told you the last 10 times you asked. So, can I get you something else? Perhaps a Keystone Light or something? Um, whatever. Yo, Danny Boy returns. What's up, man? Hey, Chris. You know, finally feel like part of the barcode familia. Cranking out drinks like nothing. What's up with you? Not much, man. I just booked Black Hat. That's a security conference out in Vegas. And since this pandemic has had me in hibernation mode, I think I need to go cop some new gear, man. My supply is low. You know I got to show up and represent. Yeah, what you need. You can use my Desert Camels if you want. I do have them in my trunk, ready to go. Thanks, Danny Boy, but I got something specific in mind that I want to freak them with. Some next-level security wares. Hell yeah. You got to dare to be different. That's what I always say. In fact, I got a drink that aligns with your style, Chris. It's called the Renegade. You take one ounce bourbon, one ounce mezcal, three-fourths ounce of yellow chartreuse, one dash orange bitters and one dash angustora bitters. You combine it all in a shaker with ice, then stir it with confidence. That takes to be a renegade. And strain it into a chilled glass. Garnish it with an orange peel. Um, that sounds like shit. Danny, I gotta be honest here, man. That ingredient selection is a little suspect. Relax, relax, guys. Calm down, everyone. You know who you're dealing with right here? And if you don't trust me, just remember the model from the elite British Air Services. Who dares wins. Mm, That's pretty good. Can't deny that. Well, listen, I got to go talk with a human renegade that just posted up at the bar. I'll catch y'all later. 10-4. Be safe out there, man. And I'll see you next round. Um, Danny boy, I'll take one, please. 
Thank you. Anastasia Edwards is an innovative thinker and cybersecurity professional with refreshing soft skills and empathy, emotional intelligence, awareness communications, and cultural change implementation. Her sweet spot is melding cybersecurity awareness together with insider threat monitoring and detection. She is a forward-thinking cybersecurity professional with dreams and aspirations of bringing cybersecurity awareness and best practices for a safer digital lifestyle to people all over the world. A true entrepreneur that is trailblazing a path directly through the industry right now. Anastasia, thanks for stopping by Barcode. Thank you so much for having me. It is an honor. Yeah, I appreciate you joining me. Um, And I'm a big fan of yours as well. Not only because of the incredible insight that you provide, but you provide it with flavor. And that's what I love. And uh, it's through a lens that extends way beyond our industry and it connects people um, on many, many different levels. So first off, thank you for that. Yes. Thank you for recognizing that. That's that's very special to me. Flavor is definitely what I hope to bring to 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 the industry for sure. Yes. Yes. And uh, and we need it. Yeah. We need it. Yeah. Although I understand that you were recruited into cybersecurity versus seeking it out. Is that true? It was a blessing. It was, yes. I was just um, hanging out on the IT side as a uh, technical uh, engineer for fiber optics. And um, somebody who I worked with on that side of the house ended up taking over um, the, the, the brand new cybersecurity program. And, uh, he just, he knew my work ethic and, um, I feel, you know, I feel like he liked me, you know? So he was like, Hey, uh, I would like somebody like you on this team. And I, and he's like, you know, have you ever thought of cybersecurity? And I was like, is that like the FBI? You know, (laughs) I, I had no idea, you know, what it meant, but it sounded awesome. And I used to always say, um, I wanted to do some sort of career like that. Like I like, analyzing things, but I didn't really understand what that meant when it came to cybersecurity, even when I was asked to join the team. It just all became clear after a while, you know, and I was like, oh, this, I'm meant to do this. And just things started clicking. And yeah, I'm here for a reason, for sure. It's to bring flavor to the industry. (laughs) Yeah. So that's super interesting. Um, What was your perception of cybersecurity before you got in? I came in real low, like low level, like, no, I mean, I, I knew, you know, I knew technical aspects because I, you know, would help people on that side of the house. So I knew like a little bit of networking and stuff like that, but I never at that point had ever even thought about cybersecurity Mm. at all (laughs) at that point. I'm saying like back then. So, you know, I was just oblivious like this sounds awesome (laughs) so yeah and then you got in and you're like all right this is it no (laughs) oh it wasn't no i got in and i was like what am i doing here (laughs) this is why i like my story because i know that there's other people out there right now that are just i mean itching to get in the door you know and i didn't even know what was presented to me this awesome situation at the time. But now I'm looking back and I'm seeing, you know, all these people that have gone to school that, you know, they really have put in intention to be here and they're having such a hard time getting in. So 
this will lead into maybe a later part of this conversation where I've created the Friday 15 cyber chats to give more people a chance to just present their personality to have a chance 15 minutes, you know, like to have a chance to present personality because it's some, most of the time, and we know this in cybersecurity, it's not what's on that piece of paper. The resume is great and it's good for paperwork and, and whatnot, but your cybersecurity is about a team. And if you don't have the proper puzzle pieces to fit in a team and on your team, then you're just going to have a mess. So you want to get the right personalities working together with the right skills to fill each specific need within your, within your organization. And I'm saying I, you, I'm, I'm an example of those people. You can do it. You can get in there. You just have to keep trying. Don't give up. Don't give up and go back to the other thing you used to do. Keep trying and make connections and network and present yourself and your strengths. What can you do in this industry and make them want you? Yeah. Yeah. And and I think your background in IT, I guess, sort of helped you easily transition, right? I didn't even have technology background. I came from customer service. My ultimate underlying skill in life is people. I'm an empath. So I know how to treat people so that they feel well serviced. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I started there. Yeah, I want to talk to you about that yeah. the, the people aspect because I know one topic that you hit on often um, that I read about in your posts is your passion for the human factor side mm-hmm. of cybersecurity, which is um, I think we all know is just super important. What was it about that side that captivated you? Was it the customer service background coming in? Mm-hmm. Have you always been sort of just mm-hmm. analyzing people? Like what, what was your passion? There? Yeah. So this is so cool to me. Uh, so as I'm sitting there in my new role of cybersecurity, uh, all of these respectable, awesome people, shout out to you guys, miss you guys. Uh, I make very, I make like lifelong friends with the people that I work with. So I, I just, I have nothing bad to say with anybody I've ever worked with in the past. So it's awesome. This is this, it's like you build family, another plus to working in cybersecurity. So anyway, I'm sitting there in my new job. And I'm like, okay, I can be taught this. This is why he brought me over because he's seen that I learned on the job because I went from just customer service and now I'm doing technical administrator stuff. You know, I'm learning on the job. People are, she can learn. She's teachable. She doesn't come with an attitude. She's, you know, we can, we can teach her. So that's how I got up there. So now I'm in this job and I'm like, oh oh my God, (laughs) all these guys know what they're talking about. And I have to ask questions every two seconds. I feel terrible about that, but hey, I got to do what I got to do. And they always made it understandable for me. So I'm like, where do I shine though? Where do I feel comfortable? It was when I would interact with the customers. Because when you're doing cybersecurity and you have an issue on somebody's endpoint, you know, it's the human who you're reaching out to saying, hey, um, so I noticed this activity, you know, what's going on? But how do you approach them so that they're not feeling like, Oh God, the IT department is down my back again, you know? Yeah. <laughs> which, yeah. which when I would get that from them, I would get annoyed because I'm human too. Like I, you know, I, so I'm like, listen, it, I'm, I'm here to help you. I understand that you may not understand or that you may not understand some of the words that we use over here, but I'm here to help translate that for you, you know, and I would break it down to, to where they would feel relaxed and then that I would disarm that feeling that they would, you know, if they're feeling attacked, you know, so, and nothing ever turned out to be just horrible. You know, it was just something that we could 
we could just teach them to do better. Yeah, it's breaking through that stereotype. That's the perception. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it still is. It still is that way. And, you know, whatever. It'll change eventually, I think. But critical mass, critical mass adoption of a cyber consciousness elevation. <laughs> that's how I see it. I, that's how I see it. Well, I was, I was listening to your other podcast last night uh, of um, Pablos Holman. Yes. He is amazing. I was just like, oh, he is yeah, he so is. cool. And the way he thinks is exactly how I think, like so, super futuristic. Like I'm looking at us now in 2022 and I had just posted this somewhere on LinkedIn too, that like it's going to look like Atari, <laughs> you know, in retrospect and not, and not too long. Yeah. So it's so fast moving and humans like, Yes, AI and machine learning and computers and automation. Amazing. Great. But what about the humans? What yeah. I, I'm not trying to get like into politics or anything like that, but just in general, how many people are going to be able to work? And if they, if they can't work, what are they going to do? And what's going to happen next? You know, so my, so I just leave it at that and I'm thinking, okay, well, we have a problem. And I want to try to help fix that problem. So let me try to get as many humans to be cyber conscious as possible. Another way I like to see it is getting every single human being. And this, this is going to probably take a little while, but if we launched massive campaigns across the world, like a, the more you know, remember the more you know, yes. remember that? Okay. So why don't we do that with cybersecurity? Because it's so necessary. <sighs> It is. It's, it's like even from the moment you're born, you are under threat of having your identity stolen. The moment you become a human in this realm, <laughs> you, you, so, so back, backing up, if the entire earth became entry level cybersecurity, entry level cybersecurity conscious, we would be at a very good start. So we're switching the way in that organic humans think. They're not not thinking about cybersecurity. They are absolutely thinking in like innately with, you know, like we think when we leave the door, when we leave the house and we lock our doors and we leave our car and we lock our doors, we don't think twice about it. That critical mass, though, we have to get what, 10 to 20 percent of the people to think that way before it just boom, all of a sudden everybody thinks that way. And what is thinking that way? Adopting. Cyber core values. What are cyber core values? Well, we could pick 10 or five or whatever. All of the really good ones, you know, uh, good password hygiene, updates, always updates. Do not click on anything unexpected or, or un, you know, unfamiliar to you and on and on and on. Those are our core values. We adopt those and now we are good cyber stewards. And we will get to that point. Yes. Okay. We will. What's the key to getting there? It's at scale. We're scaling. So if you have, if you do it for your organization and you've got five people who work for you, it's going to be a lot easier if you have one person out of the, out of the five people whose job it is to be your cyber security evangelist or your cybersecurity cheerleader or your cybersecurity mascot, whatever it takes for that person to be like the mama bear, whatever that, that helps you go from an infantile cyber consciousness to a, a, at least a, you know, a, a 
teenager or something. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there has to be a lifeline that everybody knows they can go to and feel comfortable and, yeah. and open. And so that's where my other idea of the cyber, uh, cyber human resources comes in. Okay. You pop that in between your humans and the cybersecurity operations and or your internal threat operations teams. Mm-hmm. You put empathy in there. You put the you put the human translator right there in the middle. And they handle all of that, make the human feel good, give the human information, give them feedback, give them praise, do all the things that you do to to raise somebody up to think to survive in this world. And then they take all of that information about the humans who they know and they care for and they watch very carefully and they track and then they feed that back to internal threat operations or, um, you know, they also, uh, work with the security operations team for, you know, internal human, whatever's going on, DLP or, you know, phishing. Phishing is a big one. Phishing is amazing. <laughs> I get to wear both hats. Yeah. It's, it's kind of fun. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I think it's, a, I, that's why I, I like the idea of allowing phishing to be a part of that middle section. Now, cybersecurity operations can also have their phishing guy or, or group or whatever, but also allow the cyber human resources to have a phishing to do also be, because they're translating like humans. They'll be like, Oh, um, you know, Joe, Bob and Sally are highly targeted this week and their performance has been thus, you know, like they're recognizing that they're being targeted and they're avoiding attacks or, you know, Bob had a slip up and he fell for this one. But now your sock knows who is your, and your internal threat operations know who your highest risks are. So now they can take that information and do whatever they need to do to, you know, uh, mitigate, remediate and reduce and all of that stuff or respond. If they need to, I present this idea out to the world because I think so many people within cybersecurity, even now already can benefit off of it. Why? How you can take this idea and you can contract yourself out and be that, be that team. That's what you do. You're, you're a cyber and, and, and then even more so you can target your own customers. How? Okay. Well, say you, like healthcare, like healthcare is an industry that you're really good at. So now you're, you build the cybersecurity awareness program or the cyber human resources program to be geared towards all healthcare type, uh, organizations instead of just being a, Oh, everything we do everything. No, you're focused on healthcare. Okay. Mm-hmm. So why is that beneficial? Well, now you have. Uh, application of your security awareness training. People are bored with their training because it's not applicable. The, yeah. the teams who run those programs should be able to really cater to the application of the business. So if you're, if you are a, a, a military, uh, business, you want all of your resources, all of your communications, all of, your whole vibe has to be military-esque and, and applies to military stories. You tell military-related stories when it comes to breaches. And if it's a bank, you do the same thing. You focus on banks. If it's a sports 
organization. It, that's that sounds fun to me because now you can be like cheer, you can literally create like a cheer squad or something. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Okay. I like that. You know, uh, it, you can just make it really applicable. You can tailor the training and make it uh, person. And then one more step. Uh, I believe that training should always be personally applicable. Tell people about how to protect their children and their and their elderly loved ones. Everybody, tell them how to be their chief family security officer at home. Yeah. And then when they do that at home, they bring that to work. So now you just have an all around good cyber steward. Yeah. So do you educate internally? with the expectation that extends beyond the business or does it come down to, you know, resonating on a personal level? And I hate to say it, but you know, often it doesn't resonate until you're directly hit or impacted by a breach or your data is compromised. So, you know, what's the hook that we can use to get into the mind of someone to impact their behavior and, you know, force a security minded culture. Yeah, it, well, you now you have a super involved team. You have a you have a team who's literally there to make sure you're involved. Now, we're not I mean how how um uh p- like punitive, what's the word? Like how how tough you are, I guess, like on on your users. No, like what what are your consequences? Like how like do you allow someone to get fished once and then fire them? Or do you work with them? You know, so like that, that, what is, I don't know what the word is. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, how, like, how aggressively are you, um, penalizing people? Yeah. Yeah. Or are you, yeah, like exactly that. All of those things matter significantly. So, and, and so then like, I can't, I feel like me personally, I can't make that decision. That has to come from the people who run the organization all the way up at the top. They have to be very involved and they have to be the number one spokesperson because if they're not doing it, you're not going to get as quick of an adoption um, to your goals. It has to come from the top down. So I would focus, I would literally have a team or, you know, somebody dedicated to the, the executive office and up, even the board of directors. Like a concierge, if you will. I mean, they're right. I'm serious. I'm so serious. Yeah. <laughs> like, or a deputy or like a, you know, a, whatever. They're right there all the time, ready for all of the cybersecurity. But they're not just standing there waiting for something to happen. They're teaching as well. You know, they're like, they're watching things that that's going, like they're dedicated to those guys. This is just my mind. So may, uh, maybe no, I it's a it. fantasy. I don't know. But this is what I think and how I think and what I believe. And this is why. I, and sometimes when I post on LinkedIn and I'm like, oh, check out my cool merch for my uh, Friday 15. I'm like, they probably think I'm so crazy. <laughs> but I believe in it. I think, I mean, it's legit to me. The more people who who look at cybersecurity as a culture, as a lifestyle, as more than just I, cybersecurity is such a tough word because it's long, you know, <laughs> it's like cybersecurity. But if we had like a really cool name to encompass what cybersecurity is, it's not just a job. It's not just, oh, I, I'm an analyst or I'm a pen tester or I'm a CISO or it's not just that. It's 
you want, you, you know, you want your kids to get into it. You, you just want people to be cyber conscious first and then to realize like how cool it is to work in this industry. It's like, come on. Yeah. And then, and then when we all f- switch over to AI and ML and there's barely any jobs for humans left, there still has to be humans behind the technology. So you might as well consider coming over here. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> we will need you at some point. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm a big proponent of thinking outside of the box. And I think we need to have people continue to think against the grain. Um, but yeah, it comes down to the fact that organizations are still getting breached. So we need to keep innovating solutions and innovating new frameworks. So definitely keep pushing that concept. Um, have you actually had an opportunity to develop this out and run a POC? I am constantly thinking and working and doing on, on this and many other things, but this is obviously my number one right now. This and the Friday 15 are my two top projects right now. However, I, it's just me. <laughs> it's just me. Um, I have, I have one person who I've basically, I talk to people like I'm talking to you. And I just let them know, hey, this is me. This is how I think, you know, you either think I'm a weirdo or you like really want to get with this program because every, I feel like so many people could benefit from this, you know, but it's literally just myself and I don't know what to do. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I thought about it and I said, you know what, I'm just going to, and I've been holding on to this cyber human resources. I didn't have a name for it. Matter of fact, super quick backtracking to when I was sitting there in uh, my first job in cybersecurity, I was like, how can I be the human, you know, how can I make a human role within cybersecurity back then is how I was thinking, but I had no idea how to articulate it. It took me 10 years to now be where I'm at now with my mind and stuff and with this program. So, yeah, no, I like that framework. It's that human link that you need. Yes. Because you said people are still getting hacked, breached. There's still things that are happening. And of course, you have entire teams within these organizations whose job it is to make sure that the technology is updated and patched. And, you know, you're watching for all the latest info drops and all of that. Like there's people there for that. But there is not the equal counterpart and the softer, less data and cyber talky, like, the human side, that side is missing. Yeah. And everything has two sides to it. Everything has, you know, polarities. Everything's in polarity. So you, you, it's, it's lopsided. And I feel like this is why we have the, I'll say they're groans and drones that you may see consistently within cybersecurity. Burnout. Um, just, you know, constant stressing out, but yeah. stress, burnout, all those, all of those things are because we are out of equilibrium. Yeah. And I agree with you completely. And like you said, there's good and bad to everything. So when, when a company does get breached, they immediately have the crosshairs on the human, right? Yeah. In a negative way, right. in a negative way. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, which I, which I understand when I put my mind on that team. Cause I can, I can do both sides. I can be, that's why I also like insider, uh, insider threat and risk. You know, I really like that side as well, but my ultimate is for the human. <laughs> so I feel bad for them. You know, it's like, 
um, we didn't give you a chance before we just came down on you like this, you know, and it may, it's not fair. No, it's not. And it may not be came down on you as it may sound coming out of my mouth for them. They could be so sensitive that you just look at them the wrong way and they feel worthless. You know, we're talking about human beings here who have traumas, who have stories to tell, who have past histories, they have triggers, and we don't think about those things. But we should be if we want to have a more strong defense, period. That's all. That's as simple as it is for me. If you bring up your humans to match the the uh, intention and the investment and the and the love that you're putting into the technology do the same for your humans and now you have a, a happy family a secure family from your perspective are humans within an organization uh the weakest link or the strongest link um i think both because if you don't, I mean, even if you talk about technology, there's still a human who's responsible for running updates and doing, you know, something. So even, even our technology humans, like we do have different subsets of humans when we're talking about the cyberverse, right? Like right. you have cyber layman with all due respect. That's like the easiest term I can come up with for now that we, when I say cyber layman to you, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Right. But if I go to like my auntie, and I'm like, hey, uh, you, you know, you're a cyber layman. She's a, she'll be like, what, what? Excuse me, excuse you. You know, like she doesn't. But you know what I'm saying. So, so then, then we have your IT folks, or you have your entry level cybersecurity people. Now, I would consider myself when I first came into this world from IT, I was entry level capable because I already understood some of like what, what networking was, but I definitely knew how a computer worked and I knew how email worked at the simplest. Mm-hmm. Right. So I w- it was easy for me to pay attention. I grew up online, you know, I've been online forever. So I knew easily. Were you always security conscious? No. Even then? No. Well, well, okay. no, yes. Yes. I mean, I, I'm not, uh, I'm not easily fooled. You know, I'm a skeptic and I'm slightly paranoid. And, you know, so I'm not just gonna. You knew the triggers from being in IT. Yeah, for sure. But like, you know, things like updates at one point, this is before IT. Like if my phone or something needed an update, I would be like, oh, annoying. I'll do that later. (laughs) You know, like. But now it's like, oh, nope, it's easy. It's quick. Just do it. Just do it. I have a shirt on my, (laughs) I have a shirt on my website that says, um, uh, be calm and run the update or something like that. <laughs> I can't remember. I'll have to go look, but yeah, stay calm and run the update. Cause you know, people will see the update and they're like, Oh, I got, Oh, I don't want to do it. I got things to do, or I'm in the middle of this or whatever the excuse is, whatever. People don't want to do it. Just do it. Just do it. Oh, also I'm a night owl. I am trying to make connections with people who, who are up at all hours of the night thinking about how to make cybersecurity a better place. Cause I'm up by myself and I'm just sitting here like, Oh, I wish my friend, I try friends. All my friends do completely other things than me. <laughs> and I love them to death. But I'm like, cybersecurity, you do cybersecurity. They probably can't stand me. They probably, <laughs> I try so hard. Uh, but, um, no, they're, they're awesome, but it's just funny how <laughs> I don't have anybody to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> I just mean like late, late, you know, like later and not just during business hours. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So 
I got you. But then I'm all the way out here in Montana, so it's not like I can just go to the cyber bar down the street and yeah yeah we could do a 24 7 bar so like you have the nocturnal security professionals there i was one of those guys i was a nocturnal i loved night shift shout out night shift i loved (laughs) night shift man it was so awesome because you're still there you're doing your job but it's just chill and i'm an introvert and i like dark i like to work in the dark you know so it was just perfect for me it was perfect but people forget about you. They do. They, <laughs> you're just there to hold it down while everybody's sleeping. So Yeah, right. Yeah. So I want to talk to you about a project that you're driving called the Friday 15 Cyber Chats Cyber Speed Networking Project. Talk to me about that. What's that all about? So this is one of my projects that I decided to put out there um, after sitting on it for a while. Uh, and it, it comes about, uh, just like I was explaining earlier, just looking at, I stay on LinkedIn a lot because I feel like it is a, a, a really good, you know, wormhole into the space that is cybersecurity. Like there's all kinds of people on there. They're all talking, you know, it's, it's a culture. It's there. So I'm on there and I'm watching and I'm looking and I'm analyzing every, everything that's going on and I'm seeing how these, Folks who are trying to get into cybersecurity are having such a hard time. And then to see people who have been in it, you know, get laid off or just anything happens, you know, like then there's just, I mean, there's so many aspects to where I'm seeing a need for people to communicate more personably. Mm -hmm. And the bar idea (laughs) had come to mind, but just as in the essence, like the essence of a bar. And then I was like, I had watched something that was like something about speed dating or something. And I was like, oh my gosh, what if I did a virtual cyber speed dating like thing for professionals in the cybersecurity industry, but who want to have a chance to meet somebody else in the industry like this, in a vibe like this. Yeah. Super chill. No expectations, but still, but still professional because we're all, you know, we're all in the same lifestyle. We all do this, you know? So I was like, okay. So, and I, (laughs) again, just me, just me. And I was like, how can I do this? I've got people, I threw it out there and people were like, yeah, I like it. And I was like, oh, this is, this is going to work. So this is awesome. They like it. Um, so I tried to do it through some other, (laughs) excuse me, some other, uh, platform, a video platform, and it did not work the way that I thought it would work. And I did a mistake twice. And there was about 20 people who were involved who saw me fail (laughs) twice. And I was so embarrassed. Um, I mean, literally I'm in the middle of my daughter's wrestling me at state. She made state wrestling and I'm sitting there and I'm watching her wrestling and I don't have service on my phone (laughs) and she's on the mat and it's the time of the Friday 15, which I do at 3 p.m. Eastern time Fridays. Okay. And (laughs) I could not, I was not, I was dead in the water. I couldn't do anything. Was this your first attempt? That was the second attempt. The first attempt, um, I forgot to click a small button on like the options. (laughs) 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 One damn button. That one damn button. Yeah. I, it was, it was like fail. Oh man. Failed twice. 
Duh. So there's another story there because, you know, failure, people always, you know, get discouraged when they fail. And my old self, I definitely would have been like, okay, I'm getting off LinkedIn. <laughs> never, <laughs> never going to show my face. I am gone. Like, just, I'll be, just put me back on night shift. <laughs> how do you sharpen the axe? Like, how, how do you, like, where do you go to get your information and, and learn? Like, do you have trusted resources or trusted people on LinkedIn that you, that you follow? Like, how do you so, filter out the noise? So I, that, so on one, on one perspective, when I think about wanting to take in all of the information that comes out in the cyber world, on a daily basis, it annoys me because I just wish I had like a USB stick I could plug into the internet, download and stick it back in my brain. So it would all be there because I want to know all the things, but it's so much. And so I can't keep up. So I I overload and then I just don't even want to look at it at all. Okay. So that's where I'm at. I let things fall in front of me as they may. I'm very like like synchronicities. You may have seen on my LinkedIn that I put on there uh, a meme that said, um, when your coworkers know you work with tarot cards and crystal balls. <laughs> and it was a, like a dude in a wizard costume at his computer just looking at him like, what? <laughs> I'm like one of those kind of people. I'm really like metaphysical, if you will. So anyway, so I, I like synchronicities and stuff. And I just, because I, I also like low stress. So I don't like to force anything. I just go with what the universe gives to me, but it also goes in line with, you know, whatever has happened in the past. So it's just like an unfolding carpet, really. Um, And things jump out at me. But what I do is when I stop with cybersecurity, I do give myself non-cybersecurity thinking time. And I call it like junk time. I mean, I literally go from cybersecurity, you know, engineering these ideas and whatever that I have going on to like watching basketball wives or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I just, I go to like some, something totally mindless. Um, got to reset. Yeah, but not for very long. I mean, really it'll be like an episode in the background while I'm, you know, doing something with my hands. So my brain will like reset and then I'll go to something educational, but not cybersecurity related. Or it could even be like Bigfoot Sasquatch videos. I love those things. I just found a, I just found a Sasquatch in the back of my renegade. A little, well, my daughter found it. She was like, Hey mom, um, I don't know that like in the back window, there is a Bigfoot walking up a mountain and it's really what? tiny. And I was like, what? <laughs> That's oh, what I yes. said. <laughs> so I turned and I looked and it was just this itty bitty, teeny tiny little Sasquatch. A guy walking up a mountain, uh, like, and it blended into the black dotted whatever that is on that goes around your window. And I was so excited. I have a picture of it. I should send it to you. (laughs) So that's only on the Renegades, though. I don't know. I don't know what's on the Renegades. When I got my Renegade, uh, my my best friend is a Jeeper, and she was like, "Oh, you know, there's Easter eggs on these things." And I'm like, "What is it? Yes, what is an Easter egg?" So she goes and she starts inspecting like all angles of my vehicle. (laughs) She's pointing out things, (laughs) and um, and then I I was like, "Yeah, I don't know. I I saw some of them, but they looked obvious to me. I was like, those aren't." Easter eggs, like yeah. I'm like whatever. These guys are crazy. And then all of a sudden, like just yesterday, my daughter was chilling in the way way back of the car, and she just saw the um 
the Sasquatch. And she was like, mom, there's, oh my God. Now, every time I look in my rear view mirror, I see him back there. I'm going to have to give him a name. <laughs> so yeah, I'll go down lanes like that. Like I'll just go off into other interests and, you know, whatever. And then all of a sudden something cyber related or something with that world will pop up. And I'm like, oh, I got to look into that, you know, and then I go off. Yeah. And I have like, huh, I'm one of those people who has like a gazillion Google tabs, <laughs> but they're all organized. It's like, I know each group and what they're for. It's I'm, I'm weird. Just, just ignore yeah, me. No, I mean, <laughs> I'm always curious to hear how people um, manage that and, and organize that information mentally. That, yeah. That's effective. That's an effective way to do it. Right. So let's talk about your passion for art and your initiative for merging art and design with cyber is art something that you've been involved with your whole life or, you know, at what point did you get into it? <laughs> I started with photography and one, one day my, uh, my night shift partner and I, we were like best, best friends. Sadly, he passed away. Um, he was so otherworldly. Like I almost wonder if he was really human or not sometimes. <laughs> he was looking at my my photography, just some stuff I took on my phone. And um we started talking about like symmetry and just got into like this really deep <laughs> it's just that's what you get with me. Okay. We go like way out there. <laughs> so he basically inspired me to start creating symmetrical art and out of nature. And I was like this is so cool. <laughs> Just to me, you know, I'm, that's how I am. I, I do this because I like to do it. Whether somebody else likes it or doesn't like it, that's totally up to them. You know, I don't, it's, it's therapeutic for you. Yeah, exactly. That's a part of that time I give to myself. Like you were just saying, like, that's what I do. I go into my art, artistic zone and I just start thinking, but yeah, so it, it went from, from that to just now, like, coming up with the Friday 15 and going, well, like merch would be cool, you know? So like, I'll just look at creating, you know, apparel and, and I was doing shoes before I was, I was doing shoes just like, again, cause I liked to do it um, before, but not with any like specific purpose. And then it just came to me and I was like, yeah, you know, so I'm, you came up with that on your own. Yeah. Cause that's, that's crazy. Now tell me about your shoe line, because this is a shoe line designed specifically for cybersecurity professionals. So one of my jobs in life was I worked at Lady Foot Locker and Foot Action for a long time, very long time. I'm a sneakerhead, shoe head, like all of that stuff. I love shoes. So I've always, you know, I've always been into shoes. So I'm like, well, I'm just going to, you know, try to design my own shoe. So then I was doing that just for me. But then I started coming up with the business ideas and I was like, okay, how do you, you know, how do you make people get into something? How do you build a culture? How do you, you know, like what, what's going to get somebody's attention and be interested in what you're trying to do? And I was like, well, I like shoes and I like art and I don't see anybody posting anything about, you know, art, merch or anything that's cyber culture. Cy I see cyber is better. Cyber culture related. Cyber is always in everything. Like it just describes the whole 
cybersphere, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. I mean, this is, and to be like, really like back to uh, Pablo's, right? Like that futuristic thinking, it's like soon everything will be like that. Everything is going to be in like a cybersphere. It's just like a Black Mirror's episode in real life. I'm just saying. I feel like that's, how could it not go there? What, unless the world blew up, then how? (laughs) I don't know. That's just me. I'd like to quickly get your thoughts on AI and the metaverse. So how do you think that human centric technology will evolve? They just are now lifting the gates to the metaverse. Like they're talking about it now. Like, Facebook is, oh, we're meta now, you know? So it's, you know, build your avatar. They're already like lifting those gates slowly. And so then again, we look at cyber, cyber human consciousness and it's a spectrum. And you've got the people who know, who are aware, who know, who live that life. Most of them probably in our realm, cyber realm here Mm -hmm. are already at the front of that line. What, because they choose, this is what they're into. They want to, you know, some people are like, no, but some things are inevitable, you know? So, um, and then you've got all the people way, way, way in the back that are like, no clue what, what is a meta? So, you know. And that's dangerous. That's dangerous because I don't think they understand fully what they're getting into and what they're signing up for voluntarily or involuntarily. (laughs) So I think that there needs to be a clear cut line. And that goes back to the communication piece and getting that message across for cyber, but also getting the message across for privacy and what, you know, the person out there that's not even immersed in security or IT, like someone that's running a used bookstore on the corner. How do we get to them? Yeah. That, and that's what I'm saying. So if you, if somebody if more people had this level of thinking like you and I are discussing here at a critical mass in the IT space to be able to convince people that have platforms. So like, for example, Elon Musk, Twitter, all of that stuff. I had put a post on LinkedIn and I was like, Hey, Elon, you know, I heard about Twitter. So when are you going to start like a Twitter wide campaign about cybersecurity awareness? Like, but I don't mean it to be like lame. I mean, make it hip to culture now and put it out there. What? And I don't know exactly what that may be, but somehow you pop in a video every now, you do it for everything else. You put videos up in front of us for everything else. Can't you put in a cybersecurity awareness something every now and then? <laughs> Anybody who works for these big platforms, uh, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, anybody who's there on those teams, should be like, we have the platform. Like, I want to know what what their security awareness department looks like on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. Just saying I do. (laughs) (laughs) So you're in Montana. What are some cool bars there that you like to go to? Um, (laughs) The Montana bars that I used to go to are no longer, they no longer exist. Everything has changed in the last 10 years. So I don't really like to go out now. In the past, um, we had, you know, we had a couple cool little spots where they would play, you know, a mixture of um, country, western, and hip hop. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Nice. So, yeah, you know, and um, I would just get like vodka lemonades or rum and cokes. Okay. Well, I just heard last call here. You got time for one more? Yeah. 
if you opened a cybersecurity theme bar, what would the name be and what would your signature drink be called? Well, I would call it Cyber Bar Bistro because okay. it's it's always a bar and it's always cybersecurity professionals and practitioners, you know, zone vibe. But at night it turns into a club. So it's nice. a bistro and a bar in the daytime and at night it's a club. Because we still want to mix and mingle with our our professional, you know, acquaintances, but we want to also be able to be ourselves, which is again why I created the the Friday 15. So yeah, I've already thought about this and I thought about virtual reality in the bar also or like little rooms where you can go and host parties or something like that. And it has virtual reality in it. That'd be cool. All right. How about a signature drink? Oh, a signature drink. Um, you, you, well, I can, I'll just name the drink and you tell me what's in it because I don't even know. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Uh, let me call it um, YOLO. YOLO. Yes. Oh, shit. You're going to make me think now. <laughs> and I say YOLO because throughout my time in cybersecurity and the many different SOC teams that I've worked with, it was often <laughs> said, it was often said to YOLO. <laughs> and that's you only live once. <laughs> yeah. But how do we, oh man. Now you put me up against the wall. I got to think. It's got to have Red Bull in it. Um. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't either. So not even Red Bull. Like you got to get a red line in there. Like you got to get one of those like straight up drinks that you walk into like the vitamin shop with the skull and crossbone (laughs) on it that says "Do not drink" or or only drink like a sip. Right. Warning. (laughs) Yeah. Warning. Yeah. So you basically pour that in with some vodka. And there's your drink. Or like you could have, you could, it could be warning, right? So like there's a tagline, it's warning and everybody knows you don't drink a YOLO unless you've updated your software. And what is updating your software? Well, there's a recipe of some kind of a food you have to eat before you take the shot or else you'll be totally effed. You like that? You like that? Oh, I like that. Well, Anastasia, thanks so much for stopping by. I appreciate it. Um, we'll definitely have to get up, whether it's here or um, in Montana at some point. Yeah. But um, thanks for sharing your knowledge. And I'll put your links out there so everybody can check out your your awesome, awesome merch that you got going on and, and a lot of your ideas, too. So thanks again. Yeah, I appreciate. I appreciate the opportunity. It was such a pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much. Thanks. Take care. As you know, Barcode is where security and IT professionals hang out after a long day. So, get your message front and center to our fans by sponsoring an episode. Learn more at thebarcodepodcast.com slash sponsor. Cheers. Unfortunately, it's time to shut the bar down for this episode. Thanks for stopping in. See you next time. We'll save you a seat. Be sure to check us out at thebarcodepodcast.com.